Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and the reason I call myself that is because I believe in a full approach of combining skills and talent along with the right mental attitude in order to achieve your creative ambitions. And this is my vlog where I highlight to you my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you strategies, and whatnot, right? That is, that is the hope. So thank you for joining me on this journey of mine. Now, before I get too deep into it, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already done so. That way you get all the various episodes, primary lessons geared towards you without ever missing a beat, right? So thank you if you just did, and I appreciate you if you already were. It means a lot to me. So let's dive in. I generally try to break this up nowadays in terms of the creative side and then life as well. So starting off with the creative side, a big kind of thing last week was my friend Courtney Stewart. Uh, She came up with this idea a couple weeks ago that I thought was brilliant. Now, what's what's always kind of very interesting about it is that it was just kind of a, a throwaway via text and she was kind of ultimately just venting out of frustration but, you know, within that, I noticed, like, that it was actually really funny. And I, I, I don't take the credit necessarily for it, but I will take the credit for encouraging her. Because, you know, I called her immediately. and was like, there's something here. And if you want to explore it, like, let's do it. And so what's awesome is that she talked with her producing, directing, we'll call it a creative partner, uh, her name is Danielle, and you know Danielle also agreed, separate of me, that this was a great idea and worth pursuing. And so Courtney wrote a script, and then last week, myself, Courtney, and Danielle had a creative meeting, and, and it was good because I think between all three of us, we were able to to round things off and come to a good place. Uh, you know, Danielle's very creative, uh, but she also looks at things from a technical perspective of, you know, how are we going to achieve this um, and how like, okay, you know, movement wise with camera and so forth, how are we going to kind of approach it this way? I, I wanted to, I I have the ability to do that as well, but for this one in particular, but you know, I mean, Danielle is just on another level in terms of that. Um, But I want to kind of divorce myself a little bit of it in terms of this and focus on the story first. And so I came in from that perspective and Courtney, you know, it being her idea was able to balance it all out and look at, okay, what is the middle ground here? What am I trying to achieve and so forth? And so, you know, from that perspective, I think we got a lot of good stuff done. I'm not going to give specifics, but overall I think, you know, we're trying to kind of create this quick little thing um, that then could be that could ser- in service of potentially a bigger thing, right? Um, <clears throat> and so, in that sense, I feel like you always want to leave on not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like a bang, right? Something that like holy shit, and the audience that is watching it it feels complete, but at the same time, you're like, oh, if there was more, this is very intriguing, and I would love to see it, and. You know, as it was, it just needed a little bit of retinkering, right? And that's what I appreciate. I never try to push an agenda of any kind. I always, whenever I, 
give notes to people. I always try to kind of ask them a few questions beforehand of like, okay, what was your intention? What are you going for here? And I noticed this, um, was this deliberate? Um, because it was, it, you know, there was something that in that instance seemed a little bit different than how it was initially pitched. So I said, you know, was that deliberate or is that still part of it? And then whatnot. Um, and, and by doing that, I can kind of get to, okay, what's your intent? And I try to enhance that rather than force any creative vision that I might have for it, right? Because the way I would go about it would be vastly different than anyone else. And it's not to say who's better or worse, but, you know, for me, in this instance, I fell in love with Courtney's idea. And so, you know, by that, I want to respect that and I want her to be able to tell her vision. So uh, without getting too deep into it, so it was it was the ending just needed a little bit of uh, of a bang and there there was like a little bit of antagonism missing as well as a ticking time bomb and so I think you know in the meeting itself I didn't you know it took me a little bit to get to certain points and then it also wasn't until like the next day I emailed them these thoughts of like okay you know here's how I think it's solved and and it's always one of those things like you solve a problem but potentially introduce you know other ones and it's just a matter of like to what degree are you okay with that and whatever else right and so ultimately yeah it, it'll be up to Courtney how she interprets these ideas these notes and how she wants to move forward with it but I thought it was a great meeting and it was really beneficial to 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 have the our three minds um, be able to work on it uh, and i thought you know daniel i have been talking about a lot of what i brought to the table you know daniel of course once you know she highlighted the technical things that she wanted to bring to the table and enhance um, and that also kind of helped me inform like the story of like, okay, well, if we're going to, you know, since we're thinking about it in that way, well, we could kind of speed up X, Y, and Z or whatever. And so like, you know, all these things work in tandem, right? So they're not conflicting. They, they help push forward the, the main idea. And of course, Courtney was the ultimate yay or nay person. Um, and so that was really exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'll kind of maybe talk about some of the minor steps, but I don't want to reveal too much because, you know, if it was my project, I'd be totally open in, in a large sense. But um, but at the end of the day, I want people to see the work without having it be spoiled and so forth. Um, and especially it's not my work. So I want to I want to really respect that. So that's what I have for you in terms of that. Um, if there's any sort of takeaways, it's, it, you know, th- this was kind of my initial takeaway is that when, when someone has an idea I'll always try to create assets and, and see see the potential of something. You know, I think, I, you know, where I do credit myself, she did kind of send out this text, and it was more of a realistic kind of vent text and whatever. But, you know, I saw the potential and so forth. And I think, I think a lot of people that I know, and myself included at times, we, we even have ideas, and we know that they're a good idea, but we never execute on them. And so I'm just kind of tired of that and not that every idea needs to be pursued necessarily. You know, oftentimes like I get tons of ideas and so rather than just go chasing every which way, I write down those ideas so that way, you know, later in life I can revisit them when the time is right and and I have the creative capacity to take on 
those projects and give it the time and attention. But this one just really seemed to pop out. And so I was like, we, you know, we got to go for it. And I think it, it, uh, it speaks to a larger thing that I'll talk about more when I talk about life in general. But this idea that we all just need to take small action steps, really. And, and, and that's how we empower ourselves rather than just, you, you know, because it's one thing to have an idea. And that's going to be the kind of a theme throughout this episode is that it's not enough just to have an idea or know something. It's like in story, it's only through action that true character is revealed. And so I want you to take that to heart. Um, and also for yourself and to help encourage your artistic friends around you and, you know, let allow them to see the potential of their idea. So that way they can pursue it. Because that's the thing, you know, sometimes we, we say these things and we're not even aware of it. And so we need that encouragement. Uh, so now shifting gears towards my script, uh, I have 100 pages done. I'm getting to the tail end. I'm on like the last sections of, you know, bullet. So the outline is broken up into 15 sections. So I'm halfway through section 13. So that'll, you know, so that's two and a half more sections to go before I reach the end. Now the ending is kind of chaotic in a lot of ways. It's, it's where all these things culminate that have been kind of building up throughout the, the script. And so it'll, it'll, it might take a little bit. I'm, my aim is to, I, I say this every week, but my aim is to complete it this week. And I think I can do it. I'm, I'm very, very close and then what I've been thinking is I'm going to, you know, even with this pass, I've kind of been overlooking certain things or not really, you know, the idea is just like, just get it down on paper, get it, get to the complete part and then criticize the work. And so what I'm going to do is once I have it all written, then I'll kind of do, I won't, you know, that'll be like the quote first draft, but I want to have a more polished first draft. And so what I'll do is rewrite from scratch. And I, I, that's kind of my process is, you know, I don't, I don't like to edit within it. I like to, you know, cause it, it's there, right. So I can always reference it. Um, and so, and, and by the way, I will. So often when I do a rewrite, I have, you know, one screen that is the completed work. And then I have the other screen just be the, the blank script where I'm starting from scratch. And by doing it, it allows me to put myself mentally back into those scenes and so forth by literally having to, having to rewrite every single word. It kind of puts me there. And, you know, obviously I'm not just going to retype the script. Uh, that would be pointless. What I'm doing is I'm doing a, a rewrite and I'm addressing notes because I do have already notes and, and things like that, but rather than, you know, adjust things, you know, uh, of stuff that I wrote, I just kind of make a note of it, of like, okay, here's, here's something that can be enhanced and so forth. And so in, in that, I'm still going to call it a first draft, even though technically, I guess it is a revision, but, but as part of that, like polished first draft, I will go through and address those notes because my idea is I'll do that. And then, then I'll have my co-writer, Jason really go through it and, you know, give his stamp because I mean, I've gone back and forth about it as far as like, do I just send him what I have and then we'll address notes together through that? But it's like, you know what? I know these notes in my mind. 
So let me, and, and, and this is, these are like low-hanging fruit ones versus like maybe some of the bigger ones. So let me, let me just address those so that way he doesn't have to do that work and his mind can really be put into, uh, you know, the bigger picture of it. Uh, so that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. And so, you know, we'll see how that, that goes ultimately, but that's my approach. And then kind of the long-term game that I have that I'm thinking about is doing a Zoom table read, uh, not necessarily of, of like what the actors, but more so, you know, the various producers and creative partners that I want involved in this. Everyone's going to get a part. There's not a lot of parts there, so it'll, it'll be sort of really easy to cast. And maybe if there's like six, seven of us, that'll be totally fine. So we'll do the table read, give each other notes, and then uh, I want to record that table read. And in some sense, uh, I want to get like Legos and things like that and, and, and just kind of film it and then utilize their dialogue um, you know, from the table read to essentially edit the movie. So it's like it's my own ridiculous version of pre, pre-vis that I want to do. Where, you know, that way I can really start to see the timing and so forth. And of course it's Lego, so like it would have to take a lot of imagination. And certainly I can't like do close-ups and things like that. But, but in general, right, uh, you know, I want to kind of create the story and, you know, throw in temp music and so forth. So we can, you know, because here, a couple of things. For me, like, I don't anticipate us filming this. Before 2021, realistically, uh, you know, unless some miracle happens, um, and I'm not talking about the vax, uh, <laughs> Chloe believes in miracles, but I'm not talking about the vaccines uh, side of things. I'm more talking about just planning and so forth, right, and getting the necessary money and the cast and so forth to be able to pull this off. Because it's a little bit of a uh, bigger ambition than my first movie. And as all things should be, right, whenever you progress as an artist, you want to challenge yourself with the next thing. And so this is you know, conceptually and just look-wise, way different than my first movie. And so, you know, in that sense, I want to also utilize the time and essence of, of this pre-planning to, to kind of really be able to see the movie and have it, almost, have it be pretty much, quote-unquote, edited with temp music and so forth so I can really see the pacing and, and really put, put it, to like a visual form for other people so they get it a little bit because it is a little bit of you know it's I wouldn't say like it's it's a, it's a true art house film but it definitely leans more that way than a traditional mainstream movie and so I want to you know allow the people to be kind of be able to see it and and I think it'll create a comfort and and again I, I think it'll just make it easier to accomplish the end product you know, a lot of times, like especially with Robert Rodriguez, he talks about people are just so afraid to make decisions in the moment, so they're always putting it to post to post. But that's where, you know, you can save yourself a lot of money by, by like, if you just make a decision early, you can save a lot of money. And so me playing around with Legos and utilizing dialogue from a Zoom call, that's, that's cheap as heck, right? And so, you know, uh, I, can, I can save a lot of money and, and it'll help. Now you could say like, okay, it's going to cost me time and things like that. Yes, it will, but it's 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 creative time. It's 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 fun time. It's not like just wasteful time uh, for the sake of like, okay, I don't want to spend money. No, it's it's it'll achieve a better product and make everything that much smoother. So it is worth putting in that time for me 
to go forward in this way. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, the other creative thing that uh, so the trailer for my film Idol uh, it is complete. Um, you know, the last part was the sound design, and so that that is complete sound design slash mix. And you know, now I have it done. The bigger question now is less creative and more about when to release it. So Lauren LaGrasso um, on October 2nd, I believe, is releasing her song Freak Show, which is the credit song in Idol. It is also the third song in the trailer. And so I want to I don't know if I want to time exactly with that. I want, you know, but but I'm thinking maybe like a week after her song comes out, then I release the trailer, and the two will kind of be in tandem that way. Um, because I, you know, I, I definitely don't want to do it before she releases her song because, in essence, like it's giving people a preview, and I, I want her to release that song with the full magnitude for people, uh, you know, on October second. And I'll link to her. The, the Spotify link or whatever um, for that song. So, so that way you can kind of check it out, um, you know, and, and, and save it to your playlist before it's even released. Um, you won't hear the song, but as far as like, you know, you'll have the link and that way when, when the song is released, it'll automatically just, you know how it works. Anyway, so those are the things creatively. I know it might not sound like a lot of things going on, but you know, oftentimes that that's the that's the part of the creative that I think we overlook. It's it, it's not necessarily about quantity, and it's not. You know, I think I think some people falsely get into the arts because okay, you know, it's a chance to be known and so like the, the glitz and the glamour, as they say, right? But I'm sure you are well aware of this. There's not a lot of glitz and glamour necessarily with it. Like when you're when you're a pure content creator at heart, which I'm sure you are, it's it's really about the depth of the work. And and so on paper, no, like you know, writing 15 pages and being able to articulate that is not that exciting. But uh, that work, that culmination of work, once the project does come to fruition, that's the exciting part, you know? Um, so that's, that's really, really, you know, what I think we have to also take away is that it, I, I think in a large sense, social media, perhaps, and just life in general, like we, we want this instant gratification. And it's truly, if we allow ourselves to go deep, with these projects and, you know, the deeper we go, uh, the, the, the more longitude we also have to have with it, meaning time. And so I think, I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated because they're quote unquote, not seeing the results. And it's like, well, uh, the results not going to happen for a year or two, you know, realistically. And even then it might, might take longer. And so you have to, you have to really love the process. And for me, I'm a problem solver by heart and getting to apply that to creativity. That's what excites me. So like in, in essence, you know, writing a story and then turning and, and having it be a film later. Like right now, this is the first 
parts of the puzzle. And, you know, in that sense, so it is a, you know, I'm always kind of figuring out, okay, how does this fit here? How does this fit here? And so, you know, like, how do I get my protagonist to be as strong as they can? What's the force of antagonism? Okay, then how's it going to look? Like, going through all of these things, and what's the right music? These are all puzzle pieces, and I'm just trying to figure it all out. And that, to me, is the exciting part. And, yeah, being able to then enjoy, you know, look at the puzzle and be like, oh, really cool. I built this. And, you know, of course, there were other people. Like, you know, you can you can build the puzzle by yourself or you can build it with other people. I always like to build a puzzle with other people. And, of course, yes, that is a metaphor for collaboration in the arts. And so, you know, we get to look at the final product in that sense. And that, to me, is exciting. And so, and that's something... I'm curious to know kind of your perspective about this. You know, are are we kind of just in general pushed by society and whatever other external forces to to not go the depth and the longitude as we should and and we kind of suffer in that sense because we want the short-term fixes. Um and it, and you know more importantly how have you been combating that? That's I'm I'm very curious to know kind of about you. I think for me, if I had to answer that question, it's really, A, I do enjoy the process, as I said, like figuring out these puzzle pieces is the exciting part to me, but it's also having that working relationship with the people that I love, my friends, there to support me, to help guide me. And in turn, I also work on their stuff, you know? So it's, we, we uplift each other as, as cliche and sappy as that might sound, but that to me is, is exciting. So that, that would be my answer to that question. But by all means, please share yours down in the comment section or hit me up on social media at Bill Svitek. I would truly appreciate it, your perspective on that. So let's get to life. Life is certainly interesting <laughs> to say the least, but you know, one of the things I, I always try to take a step back and not overwhelm myself. You know, I think it's easy to become nihilistic and think everything's futile, nothing matters anymore. Because in essence, like people are saying, everything matters. And there's a lot of things that do matter. But one of the things that I think we have to realize is how we go about certain things and just just. What are the small action steps I can take? And so that's what I always try to focus on. It's like there's a lot of things going on, but I can only control me. And what are the things that I can do that that push the world towards a positive? And that's all I can do. If if nobody else does it, you know, then nobody else does it. But the, the cool part is if you just, you know, I've I've tried to more and more adopt that mentality, and by doing so. I've started seeing other people that are also doing good in the world. And so, you know, and yes, we all get discouraged at some parts. But again, it goes back to the notion like we all have to uplift each other. And so, you know, by, by me searching out those people, I'm uplifted by them and their, their resolve to continue forward. And, and in turn, kind of, you know, they, they get energized by me. And so it's a really cool symbiosis of things. And I think... You know, Jay Shetty talked about this 
while being interviewed with Gwyneth Paltrow, it's an episode that I edited actually, and um, it's available to listen through the Goop podcast. But he was talking about like a lot of, you know, currently there's not a balance. Everything that we have within our society really pushes forward the narrative of, you know, winning as an individual when in reality, like, uh, you know, there's plenty of things in life that we need to win together and that don't work, you know, on a, on a friction level of like you versus me. Marriage, for example, there's no winner in marriage. The, the marriage either succeeds or it fails. If, you know, the husband or the wife or, you know, partner A, partner B, it doesn't work if one's quote unquote winning because that means someone's losing and ultimately that's going to make the marriage crumble. And so, you know, there's, there's other examples within life, certainly like, um, you know, you could look at environmentalism through that lens where there is no winner or loser. Um, also, like, I look at the economy itself. Um, I look at the, the, the health and, and state of our, our society, you know, health-wise and other, otherwise, as another example of this, like, you know, where collaboration and coming together really is the winning part, right? It's not you versus me. I make more money, you make less money, you make more money, I make less money. Like, it's not about that. It's, to me, you know, the, the, the tide rises together or whatever the, the saying is. And I, But I think we overlook that and, and society doesn't uh, necessarily showcase or reward that because it seems rather boring. And, you know, it's one of those things that we got to have those conversations kind of do the work ourselves and, you know, kind of, I'm guilty of this most on Twitter where like I fall into the pit of toxicity and I add to it. And so I'm trying to be more conscious now, like I'm, I'm trying to really make it a resolve of like, okay, now, like whatever I put out, I'm going to try to, I'm not going to be blind to the things, but I'm not going to, I'm going to be solution oriented and look for the things that, you know, I can do to help and potentially that solves a greater issue rather than add to the toxicity. Because I think that's the thing, like, you know, we, I, I get mad because, uh, you know, I see other things and it's like, okay, then, you know, if I get mad, then they get mad at me and just perpetuates the cycle rather than the only way to break that cycle is to essentially not play and just offer an alternative. And so I want to do that. And um, like I said, I've, I've been most guilty of not doing that on Twitter um, I'm sure I've done it uh, other times on, you know, whether Facebook or Instagram, whatever, whatever the case may be, even TikTok. But, but I want to, I want to be more cognizant of it. And so I encourage you to do the same thing. And where this is all kind of leading up to that, that's, you know, kind of, I'd reverse that. That's the takeaway in terms of my specifics. I've done some phone banking last week and I will continue to do so. And uh, I signed up to be a poll worker now. They say you're not guaranteed, you know, there's no guarantee you'll be selected. I, you know, I would be surprised if they don't select because, you know, they're in need of poll workers. But if they don't, they don't, you know, um, cool. As long as we have the right amount of poll workers that we need for an election. You know, but 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 these are the steps that I see is like, okay, what can I take? And so, you know, phone banking is very interesting. They, they, you know, give you bullet points. They brief you on the candidate. And you essentially cold call various people. And it's all about listening. You got to start to listen. And of course, you get a lot of people that basically tell you to fuck off. 
you know, and, and even like a fuck off would actually be relatively a nice way of putting it. There's plenty of more ruder people. But it is, as, as kind of frustrating as that may be, it's, it's, again, it goes back to the idea of depth. So it's not about converting 500 people. Like that's, that's an impossible number. But my idea is like, if I can affect change, in two, three people, then then that's it, it starts a branching tree. You know, that's two, three people. Because a lot of times elections, and especially local, right? I'm not just calling on behalf of like the presidential race. I'm calling on behalf of, you know, a local and so, so like, you know, the, the Congress and so forth, right? Because those are equally important. So local, state, and federal, right? Because we, we tend to like just think of the elections as just the presidential race. It's, it's so much more. It's, it's also voting on certain laws. And so it's, you know, there's, there's a lot to be able to discuss there. But you've got to have that conversation. You've got to be willing to listen. And by kind of listening to them, you, you're not necessarily trying to form an argument. But, you know, question. And have an exploration. Be curious. I think, I think that's... I, you know, again, it's an, it's an interesting point that Jay Shetty talks about, like even in prayer or meditation, a lot of us just have demands. And certainly that translates to the greater world, you know, on Twitter, everyone seems to have demand of like, this needs to stop. And and rather than have demands, we need to have a curiosity and, and an exploration. And that might seem silly and, and part because it just seems like a, like the time's not there. But at the same time, if we just go against each other nonstop, then then that then time disperses like nothing, right? And so while it might seem like the longer way to really sit down and listen, ultimately in the grand scheme of things, it is a it, a it's a shorter way. B it actually accomplishes the thing that we want to accomplish. So so that's the way I look look at it and, and, you know, whatever your form right now is like, you know, life, life, life is tough. So break it into small action steps. What are things that you can actually do in the moment that, that help you that perhaps serve others and whatever else. So really that's, that's what I encourage you to do. Uh, the other kind of thing, uh, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm not saying it from a complaint standpoint, but this was really going to be like a year that where a lot of things were supposed to culminate for me. And I know I'm not the only one. I have a lot of other friends that, you know, th- this was the year like a lot of things that they've been working towards were supposed to come to fruition. And, you know, 2020 just, uh, it decides, nope. And I'm sure you might have this feeling as well. For me, like an example, I was supposed to go travel with the Grammys, the Recording Academy, to various concerts and do, uh, you know, interviews and so forth. Not me conducting the interviews, but filming the interviews and then editing the interviews and so forth. And so I was going to get to do a lot of traveling, do a lot of cool work, see a lot of cool people, um, be at a lot of amazing places. Nope. So, and not only like the, the travel and the fun aspect of it, you know, not, that it's not there, but also 
Wait, that, that was going to be, I, I stood to make really good money, you know, by, by doing all those. That's not there. And there's a choice to be made. I could be upset by that or, you know, what are, what are my choices? And so the way I look at it is I've been, you know, as much as I, like, I'm still moving forward creatively and, and I spend, I spend, I, I'll call it a responsible amount on my creative stuff. Meaning, you know, I, like, for example, Emily, who's my editor for my book, you know, I, I hire her to, um, you know, we completed the novel, but like, you know, I paid her while she was doing that. Right. And same thing with my co-writer, uh, Jason on the script. So, but it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much money and it's something that I can afford and so forth. And so I am still moving forward. I'm not like just completely fearful, but at the same time, I'm not spending money willy nilly. And I think it's an interesting point to, to, to me because money, a lot of us, I think, spend money on, on a whim. And I used to be that way too. Right. And as my friend Chelsea Galisi talks about, like really spend it in alignment with yourself rather than your ego. And so your ego is going to make you spend money on anything. And it's interesting to me because we don't know where things are headed. And I'm not just saying that, like, listen, uh, you know, politically, like Trump, Biden doesn't matter to me. Like it's we're still in the unknown of what's going to happen regardless of who is elected. And so I want to be, you know, sort of a, a little cautious about that. And to that greater point, you know, it's like. It was interesting. I saw this like TikTok video and it's like one of the things that drains your money most is just like going out to eat. And yet so many of us, you know, have this idea like go out to bars, go to restaurants and so forth. And that's our form of fun. And again, if that aligns with it, great. But it should be budgeted out properly rather than just blowing everything. And so for me, I realized, okay, like, you know, even pre-pandemic, like, that, you know, I like to enjoy myself every now and then. But where I really want to spend my money is on the creative stuff. It really is. That's, you know, that's, that's where I splurge my money. And so, you know, all this to say, really, really think about your finances. Um, try to be frugal for the time being. That's my advice. Uh, if you can, you know, if you have some money that you can, yeah, invest, um, And I'm not just talking about like just simple stocks of like, you know, buy Amazon or something like that. Like really take the time to, you know, read like Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins and so forth and really deep dive into true investing uh, rather than like speculative investing as as I would call it. But, you know, be mindful of your money because, you know, at any given point, this doesn't, this, you know, even pre-pandemic, like anything could happen, right? And so, so we have to put ourselves in good positions overall and really be smart about certain things, mitigating the risks, as they say. Um, and so what are small action steps you can take to, to do that, to make sure you do have some savings that you're putting aside? And listen, I get it. It could be tough, like right now, especially if you don't have a job, uh, the idea of like there being any sort of savings that you can build, like it's it's almost non-existent. And so I do feel for you in that sense. Um, and I, 
you know, I don't necessarily know the solution apart from like try to take jobs on Fiverr, Upwork, things of that nature to to earn at least a little bit. Maybe, you know, through Facebook Marketplace and let go and other stuff, you sell off certain things you don't need anymore um, and just get a little bit of cash that way. Like it's one of those things, right? When, we, when I talk about mental fortitude, you know, what depth are you willing to kind of, in this case, sort of get by, you know, and, and getting by, that is the, that, that would be a noble thing, you know, like if you, if you can maintain, then it's great. But, but sometimes we got to just get down to the nitty gritty and just be like, all right, this is what I got to do to, I got to humble myself and, and, and dig, dig my heels in and, and do it. So, um, that's what I have for you. And this kind of, you know, one of the interesting parts is I've been thinking a lot about this and oftentimes people give the advice to 20 year olds like, you know, you, you have this, your 20s are the ability to make bigger risks. You know, you don't have necessarily a family, a house, uh, whatever else. And, you know, and if you change careers and so forth, it's not that late where like, you know, if you play around where it's detrimental to your career and you know, it, I was thinking about this just from, I guess, an exercise standpoint, philosophical standpoint, where I don't, I want to make risks kind of throughout my life. I don't ever want to just get that comfortable. And so, yeah, you know, I've, I've been toying with the idea of moving to Austin now. Certainly, COVID has put a damper on any of it. I wasn't going to like do it for another three to five years. Um, and so who knows, I could still be on track for that, but we'll see, you know, like, I just think for me, there's so many things in life to explore and to learn that to kind of become complacent in with, with what I have, who I am and so forth, that doesn't interest me. And so I want to get to a place where I do uproot myself on purpose and, and get out of my comfort zone in a variety of ways. And I think that's the thing. Like, there's so many different perspectives throughout all of life that it, it becomes very easy to fall into our own bubble, and and I never want that. I never want that. I wanna I wanna test my blind sides. I wanna I wanna see and explore what I don't know uh, constantly. And not to say, and it's one of those things. Will I ever be successful? Like, there's, there's always new perspectives and so many different things to see. And you know, we have FOMO and things like that, but. You know, for me, it's not that I have FOMO. It's that I have, I, I can, I have a, I have an idea, a strategy of like, yes, I want to explore all these different things. And then I have the ability to commit of like, okay, this is what I want to do. And, and anything beyond that, it's like, okay, so I missed out on that, but, but I committed to this and that was the fun for me. So I know we'll see. that's, that's the larger thing that, um, you know, we'll see how it all is. It also got me to thinking kind of how when when people look at their idols, they always try to mimic them where they're at in their current life. And that's not necessarily bad, right? Like, you know, what people are doing, it's certainly the culmination of a lot of lessons learned, mistakes made, and so forth. So, yes, mimic that as much as you can because, you know, they, they say you know, learning from others is the best way, right? Again, you're saving yourself that time. Like someone can go through something for 10 years and learn a single lesson that you then 
all you, all you needed to do was spend 10 minutes on it and learn that same lesson, right? So you've essentially truncated 10 years of, of learning into 10 minutes, and that's great. But I think as far as like the action steps, we get too grand, you know? So, you know, I look at someone like Gary Vee and so forth, and Gary Vee's doing a lot of amazing stuff. But Gary Vee also has an amazing team at this point to be able to, to do that. And I would love to do those things like him, but it's like, okay, how, you know, how did he get to strategically and so forth to that place? And that's where I think a lot of us don't really do the examination. And I've been really thinking about that. And and that to me is the fascinating part that I always try to explore. You know, like it's like, for example, Chris Nolan, wonderful director in my opinion. And you know, his movies are fantastic, but it's like, okay, how did he get there? Well, he literally made a black and white film following on weekends for two, over the course of two years. And then that gave him, and people loved it and that gave him his next shot. Then, you know, that was Memento and, and so forth. And he was able to build on that. So those are the steps that I'm curious about. Hence why, like, you know, I know, I know I, listen, if anyone's going to criticize Idol, my first film, it's good. like I know the criticism, I can nitpick about it more than anybody else. But it's like, okay, that, that I needed that first step to get me to the next step. Um, I forget. It's a very famous one, The Man in the Arena. I, I forget if it's Roosevelt. I believe it's Roosevelt who did the. But it's a, just look up um, The Man in the Arena. And it's a very famous... You can look at it as a poem, you can look at it as a speech, quote, however you want to term it, but ultimately it talks about, like, it's, it's very easy to criticize every everyone around you, but unless you're the man in the arena, you've, you've never really taken the risk, and you don't know what that experience is like. And so, you know, I always go towards be the man in the arena. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Um... The other thing kind of that's, that's, I guess, related to this and kind of a theme of it is oftentimes, and, and, and something brought this up this weekend, you know, um, I went to therapy along with two other friends, not all at the same time, but like essentially back to back to back. And then we, we shared kind of insights that we were willing to share. And it's interesting the things that Some of the things we do know, right? Um, Some of the things we don't necessarily know um, and then help us kind of move along. But but there's a very famous quote in The Matrix where Morpheus turns to Neo. There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And I feel like a lot of us, myself included, we know what we should do, but we don't walk the path. And it's always very interesting to me why that is. And, and again, McKee has this idea that only through action is true character revealed. And it's basically the notion of actions speak louder than words. It's not a notion that's only come up by McKee. Like, you know, obviously he's drawing from millennia at this point probably of just of just human wisdom, right? That action do speak louder than words. And yet we, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me how much we do talk 
of like, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that, and we never actually do it. And I, I can't kind of reveal it, but there, there was something like this weekend that did happen where even even after like this major breakthrough, you know, one of my friends was on cloud nine talking about X, Y, and Z. And then when presented with an opportunity to do something that pushed that agenda, that, that allowed him to exercise that thought, he didn't take it. And it's just so interesting to me because not, he's not the only one. And again, I'm, I'm guilty of it too at times, but I, but I don't know if there's any, ever, any, ever anything that I'm sad about. It's that idea that people just don't take the action that they know they should for themselves. It's not like, listen, you know, if other people are telling you to do something, that's all well and good. You know, if it doesn't line with you, it doesn't line with you. But like, this was something that he discovered about himself in therapy of like, the, the, like in essence, it, it was his true nature, right? His true purpose, his true calling. And yet there was this opportunity to exercise his purpose in life. He didn't do it. And I'm not upset by it, but, but in that regard, like if you, if you look at it from a certain perspective, it's like, He's hurting his own soul. So it's very interesting. And, and, you know, so I think part of it is we have to know ourselves. You know, that's, that's, that's where art is really interesting in that way. Like, do we want to do art because it's the glitz and the glamour of it? Or because it's something that just is dying to get out of us and be expressed? It's a question we all have to ask ourselves. And, you know, at times our ego and society and whatever else, you, you know, might push us towards the opposite. And, you know, and in both ways, it could like you're selfish, you're a failure, like however you want to term it, like all these kind of bombardments. And we really just have to kind of go back to that explorative question of like, why, why do I want to be an artist? And as long as the answer is from a pure place and you do love the process then I believe you will find success. I do. Uh, so, you know, in that nutshell, people love information, but people love consuming information, as Gary Vee says, but they don't love the acting of the information. And so I, I, the final thing I want to leave you on is all this stuff that I've given you, and I'm sure, listen, if you listen to essentially 45 minutes of me talking here, and if you've checked out any of my videos... I'm sure I'm not the only person you, you go to for, for, let's call it inspiration. Maybe that's too ideal, I, I, ideal on my part. But, you know, whoever you go to for answers, me and other people, you then have to act on that information because without the action, it's meaningless. And so go act. That's what I want to impart on you right here, right now. And with, with this entire thing. So, so go do you know, be the positive light in the world that you can be. It uh, doesn't mean you have to, like, solve world hunger, but, but just one small step nudges humanity back towards betterment. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I've shared a lot. If there's anything that you have questions on or want to offer up your, your own opinion on, by all means, share it down below in the comments section or hit me up on social media. Also, if you think this episode might be beneficial for someone else to hear in your life, then by all means, share it with them. I certainly would appreciate it. And from the bottom of my heart, I, I respect you. I honor you. Thank you so much for joining me on my journey 
means a lot to me. I hope to see you next time.